Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. Get ready for your life to be changed by today's message from Pastor Jeremiah Hosmer. Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 1, you must love the Lord. I'm sorry, we're starting in verse 8, but I want to read, you must love the Lord. <laughs> That's always bumping, it was just jumping out on me right here at this Bible. You must love the Lord your God always and obey his requirements. Now let's go to verse 8. That, I just, that thing wouldn't leave me alone right there. Amen. That was for somebody, praise God. I don't think that was an accident. It just couldn't get out of my eyesight. Therefore, be careful to obey every command I am giving you today. So you may have strength to go in and take over the land you are about to enter. If you obey... You will enjoy a long life in the land the Lord swore to give to your ancestors and to you, their descendants. A land flowing with milk and honey. For the land you are about to enter and take over is not like the land of Egypt which you came. Where Now listen to this, where you planted your seed and made irrigation ditches with your foot as in a vegetable garden. Many of y'all didn't know that. I researched this. When they were in Egypt, this is how hard things were. They had to make irrigation ditches with their foot like this right here. Struggling. Things were hard. When they were in the wilderness, things were hard. But God says, I'm about to take you into a place where there's about to be an ease that's about to hit your life. Now, you've got to get this by prophetic utterance today. Hallelujah. Uh, rather, the land you will soon take over is a land of hills and valleys with plenty of rain. A land that the Lord your God cares for. He watches over it through each season of the year. Hallelujah. He says, if you carefully obey the commands I am giving you today, and if you love the, that's the reason I had to read that verse right there. Amen. If you love the Lord your God and serve him with all your heart and soul, then he will send the rains in, the, uh, in their proper seasons. See, it's not, it's not okay to, it's one thing to have rain, but, it's, but rains can come at a bad time sometimes. But God says, I know how to send them at the right time where it's a blessing to you, where it doesn't make mud, where it ain't mud running out, but it waters crops. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Watch this, and, and he says, uh, I'm giving you day, and if you love the Lord with your God, serve him with all your heart and soul, then he will send rains in their proper seasons, the early and the late rains, so you can bring in your har the harvest of grain, new wine and olive oil. He will give you lush pasture land for your livestock, and you yourselves will have all you want to eat. I, I can't... Look up at me. I can't figure out where these people are getting some of these other theologies. I, I don't know what Bible they're reading. 
as if the God we serve is some kind of bad God or some, some stuff. I, he says, if you, he says, all, I look, all I'm asking for you to do is obey. He says, I'll, I'll do the heavy lifting. I'll bless you every which way you want to be blessed. But you got to get, sometimes you got to get your rebellion out of the way and humble yourself. He says, but be careful. Don't let your heart be deceived so that you turn away from the Lord and serve and worship other gods. He says, if you, if you do, the Lord's anger will burn against you. He will shut up the sky and hold back the rain and the ground will fail to produce its harvest. Then you will, you will quickly die in that good land the Lord has given you. So commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these words of mine. Tie them around your hands and wear them on your foreheads as a reminder. Teach them to your children. Talk about them when you're at home and when you're on the road and when you're going to bed and when you're getting up. He said, write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates so that as long as the sky remains above the earth, you and your children may flourish in the land the Lord swore to give your ancestors. He said, so I'm not just giving you a promise. I got my eyes on your kids. I got my eyes on your grandkids. I got my eyes on the generations after you. He said, so it's, I'm not just giving you the promise. Hallelujah. He said, but you got to obey. So he says, be careful to obey all these commands I'm giving you. Show love to the Lord your God by walking in his ways and holding tightly to him. Then the Lord will drive out all the nations ahead of you. Though they are much greater and stronger than you, you will take over their land. Wherever you set your foot, that land will be yours. Your frontiers will stretch from the wilderness in the south to the Lebanon in the north and from the Euphrates River in the east to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to, no one will be able to stand against you. Hallelujah. For the Lord your God will cause the people to fear and dread you as he promised wherever you go in the whole land. He said, now look today, I'm giving you a choice. He says, I'm prophetically giving you a choice. He said, you get to choose. It, it, it don't matter if you're, you've been saved one day, one year, 10 years, 50 years. I'm giving you a choice today. He said, between a blessing and a curse. You will be blessed if you obey the commands of the Lord your God that I am giving you today but you will be cursed if you reject the commands of the Lord your God and turn away from him and worship gods you have not known before. When the Lord your God brings you into the land and helps you take possession of it, you must pronounce the blessing at Mount Gerizim and curse and the curse at Mount Ebal. These two mountains are west of the Jordan River in the land of the Canaanites who live in the Jordan Valley near the town of Gilgal, not, not far from the Oak Samora. Now watch this, for you are about to cross the Jordan River to take over the land the Lord your God is giving you. When you take the land and you're living in it, you must be careful to obey all the decrees and regulations I am giving you today. Now, 
We're going to go to Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1. And we're going to begin to read in verse 1 today. And I'm reading from the New King James Version today. Verse 2. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, Moses being dead. Yes, it is Moses being dead as a person, but it's also talking about a new era. He's he's talking about a new time now. He's talking about the ushering, ushering in of something that you have yet to walk in. Because the children of Israel did not know a time where Moses was dead. And so when he says Moses is dead, he's saying you've got to understand that time has changed. Hallelujah. Now watch this. Moses, my servant is dead. Therefore arise and go over the Jordan and you and all this people in the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your feet will tread upon, I have given you, as I said, with Moses from the wilderness and this Lebanon as far as the great uh, river, the river Euphrates, uh, all the land of the Hittites and to the great sea going down towards the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of his life as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage for to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which is which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it for then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success have I not commanded you be strong and of good courage do not be afraid nor dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go then Joshua commanded the officers of the people saying now this is something I sent I sent Pastor Harold this morning because I felt like this was also a prophetic word for our our, uh, making campus pass through the camp command the people saying Prepare provisions for yourselves for within three days. You will cross over the Jordan. I said, man of God, strengthen yourself in the Holy Ghost for in three days we're coming down and crossing over the Jordan. Possessing the land. Father, in the name of Jesus today, thank you uh, for the opportunity to stand before your dear people, the people that you have paid so much for, the people that your spirit dwells in, the people that you dwell with, the people that you've promised to never leave nor forsake. Father, this morning as I stand before them, I pray that you would anoint me to preach your word. I pray that you would anoint us all to hear, receive, understand, and respond to your word. Let us not be hearers only, but let us be doers, God. Father, I pray today in the name of Jesus that as I preach this word, supernatural manifestations that people need, miracles that people need, supernatural happenings that need to happen for people would begin to happen, not just in here, but out there, God. I thank you, Lord, that though somebody might be in here, things can be changing out there for them in the name of Jesus. And Father, this morning as we stand in faith, I feel the power of the, in the anointing of your spirit pushing, Lord, ready to do 
something big through this ministry today. So as I stand and declare a prophetic word, Lord, it ain't nothing unless you do it, God. So today I have my faith lined up with you, Father, not to just speak a thing, but to see a thing, God. And so in the name of Jesus, we declare that it shall be done for your glory. I pray your will be done. Your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Look upon my availability and not my ability today. Preach through me, Holy Ghost, for I give you a vessel and a mouthpiece that you may say whatever you want to say and do whatever you want to do. In the name of Jesus, we pray and believe it today. And I thank you for it. I thank you for it from the east to the west, to, from the north to the south, across the oceans, God, and to the backside, so, so shall we preach this gospel and see the results of the kingdom of God manifesting in the name that is above every name, the name of Jesus. And if you believe it, give the Lord a good shout, give him a good praise all over the house. Hallelujah. No, somebody give him a good praise all over the house. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I want to preach to you today. I actually had planned on this being one sermon, but as I prepared, I couldn't hardly get past point number one. So I'm going to preach to you. It could be a, a it's probably going to be a series of messages, at least two, if not three but I want to preach to you what I feel the Lord is saying is a prophetic word. And I'm simply titling it uh, from struggle to triumph. From struggle to triumph. Now, for some of you, that might not mean a lot. But for those of you that have been digging ditches with your heel. For, for, th for those of you that know what it's like to have to contend for a little while. For, for those of you that know that that seem, it feels like, I'm not saying it is so, but it feels like that you want to take four steps forward, but you get snatched five steps backwards. For those of you that sense that you know what I've been toiling for a little while, or uh, you know what I've really been contending for a little while, I've really been struggling for a little while, I'm going to release a prophetic word, and I believe that as you grab it by faith, I believe that as you really get a hold of this, thing that's going to release a supernatural power in your spirit and through your life to begin to produce supernatural happenings that cannot happen any other type of way. It cannot be done through a man. It cannot be done through your job. It cannot be done through your government and it cannot be done through your family. But God will step down in the midst of your life because he has seen the seeds that you have been sowing and he said if you're sowing in tears, you will reap in triumph. And I'm here to tell some people this morning right now that you've been struggling for a little while, but I need you to get ready because triumph is in the house. There's a word of triumph and you're about to see the hand of God come in your life. Going from struggle to triumph. 
Now, I want to talk about the book of Deuteronomy just for a moment because you must understand the book of Deuteronomy. The book of Deuteronomy, even though it is one of the first five books of the Bible, and even though it is in the Tanakh, the Torah, uh, you need to understand that it is different than the, uh, it's somewhat different in, than the other four books uh, because the, the book of Deuteronomy, uh, many theologians believe, was written in one day. And if it wasn't written in one day, it was written in a couple days, but it was written, but, but I know this, by the day when it was finished, Moses died that day. He died, he, he, he spoke the book of Deuteronomy, had people write it, and then he went up to the mountain to die. So what you're hearing in the book of Deuteronomy is a man's last words. You're hearing somebody, he, this, is not, this is not a running account on events that are happening. You're hearing somebody who's 120 years old that has seen the glory of the Lord, that has watched a mountain burn but not be consumed, that has watched it shake. You're seeing somebody that has been in the glory so long that he had to cover his face up so people could look at him. And he sits down and says, let me talk to you just for a moment because there's about to be a shift, Joshua, and you and these people are about to go over, but I got to talk to you for a minute about what you're about to jump into. This is the book of Deuteronomy. And when you read the book of Deuteronomy, if you read it through these lens, then it will help you understand how you're reading it. And so when you get to the book of Joshua, they, they, the theologians, uh, well, the Bible even tells us that it was in the 11th month of the 40th year that Moses, uh, Mo, the book of Deuteronomy begins to be written. And so they mourned uh, Moses for 30 days, which would be the 12th month. So we know that he died on the day that he begins, that he finished finishes this book. And so, but they mourned him for, thir for 30 days. And then God says, Moses is dead. Moses is gone. He says, listen, there ain't no need in us even worrying about this stuff anymore. Yes, we done been through some trials. And yes, we done been through some tests. And yes, you done watched a whole generation die off. But now I'm ready to pick up camp and move across because I'm ready to manifest a promise that I gave you from way back. I don't know who that's for. And I don't know who's ready to hear it this morning. But God gave you a promise. And God gave you a promise to a covenant long time ago. And he has not forgotten forgotten about it, but he's ready to walk you into it because he's taking you from struggle to triumph. So we see that the children of Israel, they've been struggling. They've been struggling. They've been digging ditches with their heels. They've been sitting out there. They done ate manna casserole, manna cakes. They done ate manna hamburgers. They done, I mean, you name it. They done ate manna for 40 years. They've complained. They've watched their family members die. They watched a half of a whole clan get swallowed up by the face, by the earth. I mean, just boom, gone. They watched all kinds of stuff happen. They got bit by fiery snakes. They, I mean, you just name it. One after the other. Plagues broke out. And they're sitting there saying, my God, when can we finally get over that Jordan and get to a land that God has promised? And now they went through all these events and here we are. And God says, okay, the time of your contention, the time of your struggle, the, you, you might as well give your seat on the struggle bus to somebody else because I'm about ready to take you off of the struggle bus and put you on the promise bus. See, some of you thought you had a permanent seat and some of you thought, 
clear. You done, in, you done engraved your initials in the back of the seat in front of you. But God said, I've seen your set of Messiah. I've seen your struggle. I've seen your contending. And now I'm ready to take you into a place of triumph. See, this is a prophetic word. This is a prophetic word. If you're sitting there and you're allowing your current circumstances and your current situations to bury you where you can't hear what God is saying, it's going to be real hard for you to walk out of here with faith. It's going to be real hard for you to step out of here with a word from God. But if you're sitting there, like I said earlier, it really doesn't matter what I see, but what matters is what God says. I'm going to grab a word from the Lord and I'm going to walk out to my car and it might be a hoopty. I might have to jump it off on a hill, but I'm going to declare the struggle is over and I'm ready to step into some trial. Y'all ain't want to hear me this morning. I know your kids acting crazy. I know your family's going crazy, but you need to walk out of it and say the word of the Lord is I'm going from struggle to I'm going from struggle to trial. I know some of you have been trying ha, ha, ha. I know some of you have been trying to make ends meet, doing your very best, but you hear the word of the Lord. You're about to step into a land flowing with milk and honey, and it's not a land where you got to contend so much, but it's a land where you walk in the triumph. I was sitting in prayer, Brother Justin. I was sitting in prayer Friday morning. And I heard the Lord whisper to me, tell my people, I'm taking them from contending to triumph. I said, hold on, God, because I, I was struggling with it. I said, hold on, God. It says contend for the faith. He said, hold on, God, there's some things we got to contend for. He said, no, 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 you don't understand. I'm not talking about taking you out of fighting. I'm talking about taking you out of the struggle. There's a, di <laughs> there's a difference between fighting and struggling. And God ain't never given you an inheritance of struggle. Glory be to God. So the time, I, I, and this might be for the whole body of Christ, I don't know, but I know it's for this house. You better hear the word of the Lord. Ah, oh, what you're sitting there, what you're seeing right now is the Jordan River. And God said, it's time to step out of the struggle and step into the triumph. Give the Lord a good praise if you believe it all over this house. Look at your neighbor say, I ain't riding the struggle bus no more. No, 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 you can have that ticket. You can have that seat. I ain't even gonna sit at the bus stop anymore. I realize God's got something else for me and I'm ready to walk into what he has. And so everything's got to come into alignment, not with the struggle, but it's gotta come into alignment with the triumph of my life. Oh, hallelujah. You can have that seat. I know my initials are in it, but you can have that seat. See, y'all don't know nothing about that. When I rode the school bus, it had hard seats. 
They didn't have cushion seats. They had hard seats. And you had to engrave your initials in the back of the seat. Hallelujah. Amen. And that meant that was your seat. You know, that was your, your seat. But, but, but for some of you, and I'm, I'm going to try to get into this in a minute, but for some of you, the devil has given you a permanent assigned seat and, and then lied to you and said, this is how it's going to be for the rest of your life. There's always going to be contention in your home and there's always going to be lack in your finances and there's always going to be separation in your marriage. But somebody tell the devil, he is a liar. The man of God has stood up this morning and released a prophetic word and I choose to believe believe the report of the Lord. Oh God, if you said it, I'm ready to walk in it. Oh God, if you released it, I'm ready to receive it. Oh God, if it's mine, give it to me now. Oh, hallelujah. Listen, So this is, I know this is for this body. I believe it's for the body of Christ. Uh, There will continue, there will continue to be manifestations of supernatural, unexplainable victories for the body of Christ over this next season that will puzzle the natural man. That will puzzle the natural, don't, don't even try to explain it. When your lost friends say, what is this about? Just say, read the Bible, man. I serve a supernatural God. I serve a God that says ain't nothing too hard for me. Read the Bible. Preachers and kingdom leaders will not be able to take credit for these happenings. Ah, right now there are people who are being raised up and there are people who are being cast down at the same time. But these happenings and manifestations will be so big and powerful that even the minds of the leaders and the kingdoms will be blown away and they will even try, they won't even try to take credit for it. How can somebody take credit for God doing something all by himself when you look at him and know you didn't have no place in it? Ah, so you got to understand what we are about to step into now. We're about to step into moments where uh, now, now some of y'all might think I'm, I'm trying to preach just get a row out of you but I'm actually telling you something that happened last Sunday. There's going to be times where you look at your bank account and supernatural money has come into your bank account and you don't know where it came from and, it ain't, and you didn't steal it from nobody. You're going to call the bank talking about this money ain't supposed to be mine. Well it's in your account and it's yours. I'm telling you what's about to start happening right now. There's going to be supernatural debt cancellations. There's about to be supernatural prodigals come home. There's about to be supernatural things happen in the government, happen in the nation, happen in the body of Christ. Places that they said would never have revival is about to pour out the Spirit of God. You better get ready. You better get ready. God's ready to take the real body of Christ, the true body of Christ, not folk playing with him, but the real covenant children of God. He's ready to take you off the struggle bus and put you on a path to triumph. I don't know what your triumph path looks like, but mine's a 2022 lunar blue Mercedes with, a, <laughs> with some white interior. Y'all don't want to play with me today with a little bit of light blue tint on it. 
and I'm, on, <laughs> I'm going on into the triumph realm. Why not? I told you last weekend, I got so, listen, I got so much, so much vision. I, I got vision for the bathrooms in the new building. I ain't even worried about this, the sanctuary. I can tell you what the bathrooms need to look like. You got to see it, church. Hallelujah. And I feel the spirit of the Lord quaking this inside of me. That the generations of Moses, he said the reason they're over because they got to see it, but they couldn't walk in it. He said, but now I raise up a generation of Joshua's that not only are going to see it, but they're about to walk in it and they're going to overcome it. And there won't be any man that's going to be able to stand before them. And it's not by their might and it's not by their power, but it's because the Holy Ghost is going to be on be inside of them. This is, this is the, the, the shaking. Everybody say shaking. The shaking that you see happening in the kingdom right now. Uh, when I was in prayer Friday, Friday I heard the Lord, uh, felt like the Lord say this. They are foreshocks to the supernatural manifestations that are about to be released in the earth right now. What is a foreshock? The foreshock is the happening that happens before the earthquake. I'm not talking about whether there's going to be an earthquake in the natural realm. I mean, that's God's doing. There might be, there might not be. But I'm telling you the shakings that you see right now, that what it is is they're, they're rumblings of, that are pointing to a sign that there's about to be an earthquake that's about to happen. Why? Because two plates are about to collide and things are about to begin to shift and things are about to begin to manifest. And God said, this is my doing before I come back. Hallelujah. So the shakings that you're seeing, in other words, these are, these are happenings. These are warnings, if you will. Uh, and as, as these happenings continue to manifest, the covenant children of God will only walk in greater triumph. Look at your neighbor and say, we ain't going down with the world. Come on, you got to say it that way too. We ain't going down with the world. I, I don't know what they told you, but we ain't going down with them. No, no, no. That's the reason I ain't locking arms with them. Because if the earth decides to open up, I ain't going down with them. I know where my destination is. And I know there's a day coming where the trump of God is going to sound. And the dead in Christ are going to rise. And those who remain shall be caught up together with them in the air. And forever we shall be with the Lord. Hallelujah. I ain't going down with them. And that's not only for eternity, but that's for right now. There is a different inheritance for the people of God, for the covenant children of God. That's the reason we constantly are telling you, stay in covenant. Because when God sees the covenant, he passes over. When God sees the blood, he passes over. Now let me at least get point number one to you. Because God has so much to say about this right now. In verse 6, the Bible says, be, uh, be strong and of good courage for this people. I want you to understand. I want you to notice the vocabulary here. 
you shall divide as an inheritance. Uh, uh, if you want to write a point down, number one, the struggle to obtain the inheritance is over. It's over. He says, not you might divide. He did not say you should divide. He says, you shall divide. In other words, this thing has already been worked out. This thing has already been settled in the spirit and now you're about to see it in the natural. This thing has already been worked all the way out and what your, your prayers have been coming before me. And oh, Cornelius, I've seen your arms and how you've been given and how you've been sowing and it's come up before a memorial before me. This shall be done. Your inheritance shall be yours. What are you talking about in inheritance? You see, the American church knows a little about inheritance. We know little. All we know is if somebody dies, we get a check, hopefully. And for some of you, you got a bill. <laughs> somebody died and you got payments. We know little about inheritance. But what you must understand is when, when God talks about inheritance, he's all throughout the Bible, you can see a major theme on inheritance. And matter of fact, it's so deep, it's so rich that God says, that God says you can't even change the ownerships of land because it's been inherited from one family to the next family, to the next family, to the next family. God said it, it was 4,000 years ago and I knew who would own it in 2022. He, when he talks about inheritance, he's not talking about stroking you a $10,000 check for you to go buy you some Gucci slippers and some Armani suits. He's not talking about that. He's talking about an inheritance that has already been settled in the spirit and in the natural. He says it's an inheritance that the devil can't do nothing about. This is an inheritance that's so rich that the lost wish they had it. Uh, it's an inheritance that demons wish they could get it, but it's an inheritance for only those who are in the beloved those who are saved, those who are redeemed. I'm talking about the inheritance of the saints. You shall divide. In other words, this is an inheritance that, that has been promised to them. Now watch this, before they were even born. It was before they were ever even born, they were promised this inheritance. God promised it to them because God is a covenant keeping God. And he said before Moses was even a twinkle in his mama's and daddy's eyes. He said, I had cut a covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and with Jacob. In other words, there were some people that came before you that prayed some stuff into you and prayed some stuff down for you and many of them ain't even alive anymore and some of them done went on to glory. He says, but you're about to step into the inheritance that they called on for me before you were ever born. It was settled that it's yours. It was, it's an inheritance coming your way. Church, the last time I checked, he's, listen, it says Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the last time I checked in the Bible, it is because we are the seed of Abraham. 
Hallelujah. Galatians 3.29, and if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Therefore, whatever Abraham possessed, I can possess. And that does not mean just in the flesh. Colossians 1 verse 9 for this reason we also since the day we heard it do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding look up at me that's part of your inheritance part of your inheritance is that you are filled with all wisdom and spiritual understanding so just tell the devil and tell your mind the days of me not knowing are over I'm ready to walk into my spiritual inheritance I'm ready to know spiritual things and I'm ready to have the knowledge of all of it right now. Hallelujah. That you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him. Watch this. And being fruitful in every good work. Every good work. This is a spiritual and this is a natural inheritance for you and for your family. That every good work, everything you put your hands to, there shall be fruit abounding in the name of Jesus. Look at your neighbor and say the days of barrenness are over. I'm ready to give birth and I'm ready to bear fruit. I have a spiritual inheritance and because I have this inheritance I will cease to be barren any longer I will cease not to give bare fruit any longer it's a spiritual inheritance I know that don't mean, mean much for some of you but can I tell you every good work what's a good work a good work is you out there helping somebody what's a good work well you're in church right now that's a good work a good work is you out there making a living for you and your family a good work is you start your business so there can be something that you hand down to your children's children that is a good work and God says this is the promise of inheritance that you shall be fruitful in that you shall be fruitful in that hallelujah increasing of knowledge strengthened with all might hallelujah according to his glorious power for all patience and long suffering with joy giving thanks to the father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light now listen to this he has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the son of his love in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin. He has, he has delivered us from the powers of darkness. Ah, uh, y'all ain't getting this right now. I'm just stay with me right now. He has delivered us from the powers of darkness. What does darkness bring? Darkness brings all kinds of destruction with it. And regardless of what it might bring or what it can bring, you've been delivered from it. Hallelujah. This is your inheritance. So if darkness brings lack, you've been delivered from it. If darkness brings depression, you've been delivered from it. If darkness brings sickness, you've been delivered. Ah, Y'all don't want to hear this right now, but I'm going to prophesy it to the nations if they want to hear it. If uh, Whatever darkness brings, because you are the seed of Abraham in Christ Jesus, you have been delivered from it. You've been delivered from discouragement. 
You've been, uh, you've been delivered from lukewarm living. You've been delivered from worry. You've been delivered from anxiety. You've been delivered from fear. You've been delivered from rebellion. You've been delivered from addiction. You've been delivered from perversion. You've been delivered from all that the powers of darkness can bring with it. Because when the blood of Jesus touched your life, light showed up. And light and darkness cannot dwell in the same place. Look at your neighbor and say, I have been delivered. Therefore, the opposite of what, whatever darkness brings, the opposite is your inheritance. So think about anything that darkness may try to bring in your life. And your inheritance is the opposite of it. Glory be to God. You've inherited the opposite of it. What Jesus has done, we have been delivered from all darkness. All throughout the New Testament, there are three major characters that dominate the subject of inheritance. Abraham, Jesus, and the New Testament believer. Abraham. Jesus and the New Testament believer. Abraham received the inheritance from God, but never got to see the fullness of it. We know that because Hebrews tells us this. But because he believed, now watch this, it was accounted to him for righteousness. Jesus came as a natural seed of Abraham and died, therefore releasing the inheritance to all who believe. Because to get an inheritance, somebody has to die. His death released the inheritance. His resurrection secured it. As the natural seed of Abraham, watch this, he fulfilled all righteousness and therefore became the mediator, the author, and the finisher of our faith. Because of this, the inheritance has now been passed down, not just in the natural, but in the spiritual as well. Because of this, we as Gentiles have been grafted into the promise, the inheritance of the Lord, not to just walk in a spiritual inheritance, but to walk in a natural inheritance as well. So whatever Abraham had in the natural and whatever Jesus had in the spiritual has been delivered to the New Testament saying to walk in the fullness of it. Hallelujah. Let me tell you something. Brothers and sisters, do you know do you know that it is part of your inheritance to be landowners? To be landowners. Let me tell you what Jesus, see, if you didn't just get that part, then you wouldn't believe what I'm about to say. God tells Abraham, hey, come up here. He said, now look out, and as far as you can see, I'm going to give it to you. Now, the Bible says that I am the seed. 
of Abraham. In other words, I am an, if I'm a co-heir with Christ, that means this thing didn't stop with Jesus. That means it got passed all the way down from Isaac and Jacob, all the way down through uh, David and all the way down through the Messiah Jesus. And because I put my faith and trust in him, it has been passed down to me. So the next time the devil tries to tell you, you're going to stay on the struggle bus, walk out and look at a piece of land and put your feet on it and say in the name of Jesus, this is my inheritance. Oh, glory. This is my inheritance, saith the Lord. It's mine. Me and my brother, Pastor Andy, one time was looking at some land. I told that man, I said, Better not, don't let me step out the vehicle now. I don't even know if I want it. We, you good while we ride on it. <laughs> Come on now, this is how I think. But if I put my feet on it with some purpose behind me, it's an inheritance already coming to me. It's already been, y'all ain't see y'all forget it. It's already been set up in the spiritual and now it's manifesting in the natural. I am the seed of Abraham and Christ. Hallelujah. That's the reason that when I first, Brother Tony, that's the reason when I first heard about the making property, I didn't go down there and walk on it. I said, God, I don't need, I don't need an extra building. I need the right one. And once I heard him, I said, now let's go down there and look at it. And walking around on it. I said, no, let's just don't walk in the front. Let's walk around the whole thing. Because then it has to come to me. See, some of you struggle to get this but it's because you have not been taught inheritance. You have not been taught who you are in Christ Jesus. You have not been taught that you are the seed of Abraham and that everything that Abraham had, you can have. That you've not been taught that it was passed down from generation to generation and you've not been taught. You've been taught that, that all, that's only for the Jewish people. But what you fail to realize is that when Jesus died on a cross and was raised from the dead, when you put your faith and trust in that, he grafted you into that thing right there. And now everything that was his in the spirit and everything that was Abraham's in the natural is yours. That's what it is. You've been taught that that just belongs to them. But when you, but when you don't, but when you understand what Jesus really did, Jesus began to graft you, and he said, and he said, I'm not going to withhold nothing from you. I'm not withholding nothing from you. I like what Pastor Andy told somebody the other day. He said, they was talking about how bad making is. He said, it is until we show up. <laughs> I said, I like that, Pastor Andy. It is until we show up. And Atlanta's bad until we show up. And the nations are bad until we show up. But when we show up, the inheritance of the Lord shows up. And the blessing of God shows up with us. Something's going to change.
Now I got, I got the end. But let me go over here for a minute. <laughs> let me go over here. I felt that I needed to go over here for a minute. Now this is how serious God is about inheritance. It's how serious he is, Tangy. That when he gave a land to Abraham, he said, it's yours, Abraham. I swear it. He said, and I don't have nobody greater to swear by than myself. He said, so I swear by myself, this is yours. Now watch this. This happened thousands of years ago. And God is so serious about inheritance that even when they were being knuckleheads, he still wouldn't let nobody take their inheritance. And then for one, one portion of time during the exile, he said, I told you that if you rebelled against me, I were going, I'm going to take you out of the land. So he takes them out of the land. He says, but even at that, I'm so serious about inheritance and my covenant that I'm going to bring you back. He said, there's a day coming where I'm going to bring you back. And so for hundreds of years, hundreds of years, the, the, Israel peop the Israelite people were not on the land of Israel. They were scattered all over the earth. At the time of 1948, there was only one million people, one million Israelites that lived in the land of Israel. But God said in Isaiah 66, can a nation be born in one day? He said, watch this. I know how to make man say, what the world? And he said, I birthed a nation in one day. And from 1948 till this day, over 11 million Jewish people have come back to the land. You want to know why? Because God was that serious about his inheritance. And if he can do it for them that might not even serve him, what he can do for the New Testament believer that says he is my El Shaddai. He is my Jehovah Jireh. He is the God who provides for me. I tell you, you have an inheritance and God's serious about it. He's serious. He's serious. He's serious about it. And one day, let's do it like this because I got so much preacher in me. In 24 hours. In <laughs> 24 hours. They went from not being a nation to being a nation. Now, if God can do that, through a covenant that was promised thousands of years ago. Do you really think he's struggling to fulfill your dream right now? Do you really think he's struggling to provide for you right now? No, you need to hear a prophetic word. It's time for you to step out of your struggle and step into your triumph and get the grasshopper mentality out of your mind and start walking like you are the giant killers that he made you to be because that is what he's saying to the body of Christ right now. He said, I'm so serious about an inheritance and a covenant. Now think about this, brothers and sisters, and then I'm done. 
Think about this. Almost every generation, if not every generation, every other generation has had somebody rise up and say, I'm going to wipe you off that land. I'm going to kick you off of it. And God says, watch. You don't even, you don't even know. It, 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 has, it don't even have as much to do with them as it has to do with what I promised Abraham. And let's see if you can do it or not. Now, if God is that serious about a natural inheritance promised to a people in which at least half of their population don't even serve him. But because he promised it through a covenant, can't nobody kick them off of it. Not only that, think, I want you to understand, they control about 70% of the world's wealth. Because he spoke to Abraham some thousands of years ago. Now, here we are now. You're saying, okay, well, praise God for them. I'm going to high five. No, no, no. You still fail to get it. You are the seed of Abraham. You are the seed of Abraham in Christ Jesus. Therefore, that inheritance in the natural and the inheritance in the spiritual as well has been given to you. And all God is saying is, are you ready to turn your ticket in on the struggle bus and step into triumph? This is what I feel the Lord saying is this thing is going to be that you I don't have I'm struggling with words to adequately communicate to you the the depth of what I'm sensing in my spirit. But for the people of God, the people who are in covenant with God, there's going to be an ease given to you. There's an ease coming to you. There's an ease where things, all of a sudden, you, you, what you used to have to meet with this person about, meet with that person about, and go take this one to lunch, and, and go pray and fast for three days over here, and do all this over here, and somehow you might be able to meet with this person now. God's just going to put you in front of them, and now their hearts are going to open, and you're going to have favor, because there's an ease coming to the body of Christ. It's an ease. Hallelujah. Now, now think about, now, you know, I know we have to, I know we have to do spiritual warfare. Y'all know that. I know we have to contend over some things, but you, but like I said, there's a difference between fighting and struggling. And God is delivering the covenant children of God off the struggle bus. And he's given you a seat in the place of triumph for your life, for your family, and for all that is yours. Supernatural happenings by the spirit of the living God. Let's give the Lord a good praise. Come on, somebody give the Lord a good shout too.
The struggle to inherit is over. I declare it. I decree it. In the name of Jesus. The struggle is over. Now, if you want to stay there, they'll let you stay there. If you want to sit there, the enemy will love it. But I hear the bus slowing down. I hear the door opening. And I sense there's a, there's a place to where the people of God that are struggling, it's time to get off. And there's another bus coming with your seat on it. The seat of triumph, brothers and sisters. And I said, Lord, I said, God, I know what you done said to me. I know how you're prophesying this to me. But you know, this is just how I, I, I talk with him. I said, Lord, I'll say it. But if you don't do it, I don't want to say it. I can't get these people off struggle bus. I can't step into their lives and open doors of opportunity. I, I can't do this. But you got to do it. I'll say it, but you got to do it. And when I, when I said that to the Lord, I felt the release to come and speak prophesy and decree and declare this over your lives this morning and I would have never felt the release if God wasn't going to do it come on somebody I would have never felt the release if God wasn't going to do it so I come to you this morning declaring not where you're at but declaring where you're about to be in the name of Jesus declaring not what you're facing now but declaring where you're about to be walking you're about to be walking in high places people of God you're about to be in the place where where no man can stand before you you're about to be in the places Peter, James and John where you see him completely transfigured before your eyes and you'll never be the same again you're about to be in the place where you used to throw your net over the side and you couldn't catch nothing even though you toiled all night long but I hear the Lord saying throw your net on the other side of the boat and there's about to be a harvest that's about to come to the body of Christ and it I feel the spirit of God saying I'm about to release a tsunami I'm about to release a tidal wave over the covenant children of God you better get ready and I hear the Holy Ghost saying go tell Ahab to dig his ditches go tell him to prepare for I hear the abundance of a sound of rain in Jesus name. We pray you were blessed by today's message. For more content and to get to know us better, download our app at AbundantLifeChurch.com.